This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. The goal of this podcast since day one is to provide the best information on the Vancouver real estate market at no cost to you, the listeners. To that end, we'd like to thank the following sponsors. This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Dave McCarthy. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. How you doing, Irish Tiger? Not too bad. How are you doing? Oh, pretty good. Pretty good. So, yeah, Dave, you are filling in for Adam, who's away this week, and you've been so kind to join us. Yeah. Dave, tell, tell the listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I'm originally from Ireland, been here for a few years now, and uh, absolutely loving it. Joined the team here. Uh, back a few years ago, and uh, it's a pleasure to meet these guys and uh, sit here and finally get introduced and be on the podcast. Yeah, and it's uh, surprising because you've never actually listened to the podcast. Well, some might say that, but <laughs> secretly I've been at home listening to it. <laughs> yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> a lot more than you think. Oh, yeah. the other the, uh, Your other claim to fame is uh, uh, Tip of the Market to you. Was, was oh, your... my, yeah, my famous introduction a few weeks back, which I don't know if that went down very well. Yeah, it was a, it was a huge success. So anyway, thanks for filling in for Adam. Today on the program, we have Evan Duggan, a Vancouver journalist who works the commercial real estate beat for a number of publications, uh, the Vancouver Sun, the Real Estate News Exchange, Business in Vancouver. And uh, this is a fascinating conversation. Dave, you have not heard it, but Adam and I talked to Evan about uh, the relationship between the hotel industry and where that's at and the residential real estate market, what's going on in the commercial world. It's a, it's a super fantastic conversation, so stick around for that. But first, Dave, you do quite a few pre-sales, is that right? Correct, yep. 
So a lot of people have been talking to me over the last month or two, and there's a general consensus that you know the market's shifting here, mm-hmm. kind of week over week. We're in we're in kind of the throes of a of a market that's changing quite quickly. How's the presale market? Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you know, it's weird. I know, I, I mean, the built market is definitely you know changing week to week, nearly here. But the, for some, you know, weirdly enough, the presale market has stayed pretty solid, and uh, you know, there's still a huge amount of people mad keen to keep getting into presales. And uh, you know, there's a lot of developments that have come here over the past few months, and uh, right now we're focusing on two big, huge ones um, by Ani, Canby Gardens, and Gilmore Place. Um, both selling here at pretty much the same time and uh, there's a lot to like about both of these they're new areas and uh, kind of up and coming um, new communities both Canby Gardens has got over 2200 homes coming here um, and then in terms of Gilmore Place again you know beside the Skytrain station a new community closer to Vancouver very very attractive price points which is uh, you know making a lot of people interested in this so uh yeah, we're definitely keeping busy. And uh, apart from that, we've got other projects uh, going on in different areas. So, yeah. Wow, you, no one's going to say the Irish Tiger didn't come prepared. Well, you know, my father back home is on the, his own podcast. So maybe I picked up a few little tricks from him growing up. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dave, uh, I'm sure there's a couple people I have questions about uh, these, these few projects that are coming up. Sure. One, is it mainly investors buying still or is it? End users, homeowners, who who are you working with? It's definitely a mixture of both. I mean, uh, you know, you know, like always, the one beds are definitely investors, um, and then you know, there's definitely a lot of end users and young, you know, single professionals looking to get into the market. So definitely a mixture of uh, all three. So um, you know, I can't really categorize any in particular. But it's still busy. Oh, that's, crazy! For that's sure. the point. Yeah. Right on. Well, maybe we'll leave it there, Dave, and let's cut to our talk with Evan Duggan, Vancouver journalist. Enjoy, guys. Okay, so we're here with Evan Duggan, Vancouver freelance journalist. And also, uh, Evan, I believe you cover a lot of real estate uh, topics right for many Canadian publications right across Canada. How are you doing? I'm well. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, thanks for taking the time today, Evan. So, so, Evan, can you maybe start by telling our listeners a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so I'm a, a freelance journalist based here in Vancouver. I cover, like you said, uh, commercial property for the Vancouver Sun newspaper, also for the Real Estate News Exchange, uh, which is an online-only publication. Uh, a few other things, I cover various topics for, for business in Vancouver. Um, another hat I wear is as the Vancouver correspondent for Xinhua, which is China's national news service. Uh, I do TV, TV correspondence and wire service reporting for for that agency. So you wear a lot of hats. Yep, trying to stay busy. <laughs> and, and do you live in Vancouver, Evan? Yeah, I live uh, in the Mount Pleasant area. That's right. Okay, excellent. Nice. And and how did you get interested in real estate? Like, was that always your your beat, or did you kind of fall into it uh, accidentally? No, you know, I didn't really have uh, a particular interest in it. Um, I was living overseas working as a news sub-editor at the Bangkok Post. And uh, after about a year of doing that, I, I came back to to Vancouver. And um, an editor of mine from the Vancouver Sun, when I used to be a daily reporter there, got in touch with me and said, hey, we've got this sort of permanent freelance gig, which is covering the commercial real estate beat. And uh, I said yes. And now I've been doing that for 
well, I think I'm into my fifth year now. So it just sort of came up as, a, as an opportunity and I, I took it. At that point, I didn't know anything about commercial real estate. So I don't know if uh, I had too many home runs in my first year or two, but you know, now <laughs> I'm starting to get a bit of a handle on it. There's a lot of stuff to cover. Now you're, now you're hitting, hitting it out of the park every time. <laughs> Not quite. So, so Evan, uh, we spend a lot of time talking about residential real estate here on, on the Vancouver sure. Real Estate Podcast. Um, you cover the hotel industry and the commercial side of the real estate industry here in Vancouver. Can you speak to, to the way these markets have, have performed over the last four or five years as you've covered it? Yeah, sure. I mean, hotels are obviously just a, a small small part of the the commercial real estate market here i would i would say that you know of course as you guys know every story about property is is one of supply but also demand um i would say in the last four or five years since i've been doing this almost every asset class in, in the commercial side of things um has been a story about robust and and diverse demand uh and the market sort of struggling to provide enough supply but also the the right kind of supply. So if if we sort of break it down by asset class, if you look at office, you know, we're at the end of a supply boom that sort of ran from 2014 to 2016, which added about two and a half million square feet. But since then, the vacancy rate is, you know, it's at a near all-time low, 4.8%, which puts it at the lowest vacancy rate in North America. Uh, and we're not going to see any more supply until 21, uh, 2021 to 2024. If you look at industrial, well, the vacancy rate there is even lower. So you've got skyrocketing land values, and we've run out of a lot of developable land on both sides of the Fraser. Um, seeing a lot of activity from logistics firms, light manufacturing, port-related businesses. Um, you know, and I hear the complaints from from stakeholders on the industrial side all the time that there's there's nothing of any size to to lease, and there's definitely nothing of any size available to buy unless you've got hundreds of millions of dollars. If you look at retail, sort of the other major asset class, a little bit more complicated. You've got, you know, retail space and retail itself is evolving. Um, you know, my wife and I, we do about 90% of our shopping online, and I'm sure we're not the only ones doing that now. And then if you look at sort of the property side of, of retail, we're seeing robust growth in um, urban sh shopping centers, high-end boutique stores. If you think of like, I don't know, Alberni Street, um, sure. parts of Robson. Um, and then we're also doing well at the low end. So the Dollaramas of the world and stuff like that, whereas we're seeing um, well-documented struggles in department stores. I mean, they're disappearing quite quickly. Fast fashion, especially Canadian brands, um, are disappearing. And, and high streets, um, you know, like in my neighborhood, parts of Main Street and, and Canby Street, um, we're seeing a lot of, of closures, not because uh, there isn't business to be had, but because property tax rates are so high and lease rates are so high. And then the other part of that equation is rent evictions are, are, are chasing away sort of the mom and pop restaurants and stores, you know, in places that people actually want to hang out. So just from that explanation, Evan, one thing that strikes me is there's there seems like there's some parallels uh, between the residential and the the commercial real estate in that there's a missing middle, right? Like it seems like it's doing very well on the high end uh, and then the Dollarama sort of uh, mm. stores. But it's that the department store, which is kind of the fundamentally middle middle class. And uh, this might yeah. be a, an analogy that I'm uh, – is moving to the point of breaking here, but do you see kind of an analogy there? 
Yeah, there is. I mean, residential, I mean, you could go on, you know, we could, we could talk for hours about that. And it's, it's, I think definitely more complicated when you start to talk about speculation in the market and supply and demand. And, and there's also a lot of politics, of course, wrapped up in that. Sure. When I think about, you know, challenges or, or issues in, in the commercial market, we do see that, that comparison where you've got sort of a struggle to keep the entire property market in balance. And it, it's probably already out of whack. So what I mean by that is, you know, enough job generating and yield generation generating commercial real, uh, real estate that's sustainable, but also having, like you say, the, that middle that middle ground. So independent places where people can shop, eat, and hang out that, that can stay afloat for more than a year. The other link to the residential market, of course, is where is everybody going to live and afford to to stay that are taking these jobs in Vancouver? Of course, you know, just yesterday was the, the Amazon announcement where they're saying 3,000 new jobs. I mean, that building itself, the, the Canada Post building, would accommodate 7,000 workers, 3,000 uh, to, to Amazon. Well, where are all those people going to stay? We know that tech workers in Vancouver earn a lot less than their their peers in, in Seattle and, and Boston, et cetera. So, you know, yeah, this, this story is, is quite positive and robust for, for commercial development and investment, but, but where are people going to live and how are people going to afford to stay here? Right. Is the so you know we often think of the residential side and the boom that's kind of happened over the last four or five years yeah. as as creating a lot of economic activity. What's the, what are the driving forces for the boom on the on the commercial side? Yeah, on the commercial side, I mean, the obvious one is that there's there's a ton of wealth here. Um, you know, Vancouver, British Columbia, but particularly Metro Vancouver, is becoming a very diversified economy. So there's a lot of job growth in the logistics industry, so, you know, um, port-related activity, um, sh- uh, shipping and that sort of stuff. Of course, the tech growth, we just mentioned the Amazon right. deal. Uh, you know, it used to be, you know, a decade ago, maybe a little bit more than that, in the downtown office market, about 30% of, of office space was was taken up by um, resource companies, you know, um, mining exploration companies and, and, and stuff like that. Now it's 30% tech, and the mining companies are are um, aren't really you know aren't really there anymore. Um, you know we're also seeing more creative use of industrial space. So I'm not talking about smokestack industry, but other types like digital effects and other film-related um, companies. Uh, another one that we're seeing in, in in sort of the industrial nodes of of Vancouver is craft beer. I mean, like in in the commercial drive. Um, Hastings node and also the Mount Pleasant node where I live, you know, there's 25 to 30 craft breweries. And that was a business model that didn't exist even a decade ago. It's amazing how we can um, support that many craft breweries, yeah, but, they, but they're you know, thriving. That's, yeah, that's, that's an, I mean, that's probably a conversation for another time, but it's, it's an interest of mine. I mean, I, I wonder how many is too many and, and what's going on with that business model. Like when are the, when are the first breweries going to start to fail? Cause all we see is new, are new ones. Yeah, it's it's surprising. I mean, every time I do that bike tour, I think I stop at around five or six. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, the other part of, of the driving force is just, you know, people are always going to want to be here, right? People are going to find ways to invest. They're going to find ways to buy. They're going to create businesses and adapt business um, because they just want to be in Vancouver. Right. So, so 
one of the the reasons why we got in touch was you wrote fairly recently a, a piece uh, titled Metro Vancouver's Booming Hotel Industry Won't Slow Down Anytime Soon. And mm-hmm. one, one of the... One of my thoughts, I have a, a friend who works uh, at a hotel downtown, and and he was saying that Vancouver has just transformed dramatically over the last five, seven years in terms of how much it costs to stay in a hotel, but also just where it is in terms of like tier one cities in the world, tier two cities. Uh, like it's kind of uh, on a different plane than it was. Like have you mm-hmm. – can you speak a little bit about that? Yeah, you know, you mentioned the, the price. That's always sort of what people focus on the most. So just before you guys called, I brought up, uh, you know, booking.com to look at downtown prices for this weekend. So, you know, that would be, f- where are we? So Friday is the 4th and the 5th. So for two nights, you know, the, the, the cheapest downtown hotel I could find is the Riviera Hotel in Robson. I'm not sure exactly what that one is, West End. Uh, and that's six ninety eight Canadian for the price of two nights. The other one is Ramada Vancouver downtown. That's seven fourteen. So, I mean, those are, that's incredibly expensive. Wow. Um, and you know, that's, you mentioned the story. Well, sort of the takeaway from, from that story was that occupancy last year, according to CBRE, a commercial property firm was 79%. They think it'll climb above 80% this year. That is very, very strong. That's, that's, that's basically um, at capacity. If you uh, take into account, uh, low seasons and, and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other part of that is, is massive daily room rates and revenue per available room. So, so room rate, so rooms are full and, and they're turning a massive profit. And that's been going on for four or five years. You ask why? Well, there, there's, there's several obvious factors. One is the low Canadian dollar. So that keeps, that keep, that keeps, uh, Canadians here, keeps Vancouverites here. Um, and other British Columbians and, and Canadians coming to Vancouver. Right. It also brings in Americans, especially from uh, the Pacific Northwest. Uh, the other part of it is uh, booming cruise ship industry. I'm not sure how many of those people overnight in Vancouver, but it definitely brings a lot of bodies in it, you know, whether they're they're arriving here or, or taking off from here. Another one I, I see a lot with, with one of my other um, hats that I wear um, because I cover a lot of events and things like that, um, business conferences. The, the conference industry is is massive here um the the vancouver conference center the east and west building are constantly busy and then vancouver's brand as an international tourist tourism destination is just really really strong right now evan what about airbnb and the stratus cracking down on airbnb do you think that's had a positive impact for the hotel industry yeah that's that's a really interesting one and you know when I, i do these stories on the hotel industry every now and then that's that's always a question I raise to the stakeholders. Well, what about Airbnb? Because, you know, those prices I just mentioned to you, if I saw that and I was coming into the city for this weekend, the first thing I do is go on Airbnb and try and find something cheaper. And right. I probably could. However, it doesn't seem to be taking a bite out of what we're seeing in the hotel industry. And, you know, when you talk to the Hotel Association of Vancouver or, or CBRE or whoever's putting out these reports, they're saying, yeah, we, we sort of see Airbnb is, is happening and it's taking off. But it doesn't seem to be taking a bite out of of these demand uh, indicators on the, on, the, on the hotel side. So uh, I don't know. I guess maybe part of the explanation is supply because we're not really seeing enough space to keep up with the demand. I mean, we we gained a couple of uh, Marriott brand hotels at Park, which is the the new casino downtown. Um, the Trump Hotel uh, hotel component opened up 
guess that was a year ago now or a year and a half. Right. The Exchange Tower, which is a new office component at the, the old stock exchange, they're opening up about 200 rooms at their location um, this summer, and a new hotel just opened at Surrey Center. However, so if, if, if we look at the total amount of hotel rooms uh, that are opening out by the end of 2019, it's, it's over 800. It's about 820. But at the meanwhile, we've also lost a lot of hotel rooms. So 357 recently. Um, and we're also just uh, learned yesterday that the Four Seasons Hotel in downtown Vancouver is going to close in January of 2020. So yeah, we're gaining hotel rooms, but we're also losing hotel rooms. It's interesting because of the 800 or so that you mentioned, the brands you were mentioning, these are mostly premium brands from the sounds of things. Yeah. So so probably going to be charging astronomical so rates, you would imagine. Cheaper. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Yeah, you definitely pay more for a downtown, you know, four-star hotel than than you do for for some of the, um, you know, the secondary areas. So, so I'm just thinking out loud here, and I I was speaking sure. to my friend about it, but is it the the Olympics is kind of the like? Is there some sort of larger process that's happening here where? Uh, you know, um, we always talk about Vancouver as kind of a superstar city and, and emerging on the on the global scene. But I was struck by how the hotel industry seems to have have mirrored the rise in residential real estate. Is hmm. like, do you think the Olympics was a huge factor, or or do you see the parallels there? Or am I am I imagining those links? Yeah, you know, that's that's come up as an explanation. I can't even remember. Maybe I did put something in the story about it, sort of being a residual impact that it helped Vancouver become an international brand. I guess that's part of the, the reason, but I don't really know how you measure that unless you poll. Maybe they do poll every, you know, hotel visitor about the reason they came to Vancouver. Right. Um, but you know, sort of the, the, the beginning of our conversation, we were folding the commercial market into a larger conversation about residential property and, and that sort of thing. I think that is part of it. Um, the motivation to develop a new hotel in downtown Vancouver um, you know, it just isn't there. It costs a lot. I mean, to construct a, uh, construct a hotel asset, it costs more than it does to construct anything. Just the build out and construction costs are really high. Um, and when you've got these high density sites uh, in downtown Vancouver, what do we see all the time? Well, we see condo and, and, and mixed use um, projects going up. It just, it, I think developers can make more money uh, selling condos. Well, that and yeah, and I mean, I, I think you just the the latent value in the land alone, and the and the property Absolutely. taxes that that these uh, hotels have to pay, and and it, it actually makes sense just with where land values have gone in the last five mm-hmm. years, right? Yeah. Uh, so, uh, moving on, Evan, um, can you detail some of the biggest challenges Vancouver is facing uh, from your unique p- perspective as covering the city? Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, sort of reiterating a point, I guess, is just keeping the, the property market in balance. Um, so having enough workspace um, that'll accommodate growth, but also having enough space for people to live and live affordably. Uh, you know, what happens when people can't afford to live here anymore? I come back to that Amazon example. Well, that's 2000. I guess, hypothetically, they're new newcomers to Vancouver, but not necessarily. They'll be hired from from other operations and that. But but are they going to be able to afford to live here? Um, also, just the general land shortage. How can we come up with some creative solutions to, to our land shortage. You know, one thing that comes up all the time with industrial developers and, and, and brokers and the Port Authority is is um, that we should be taking land out of the ALR to accommodate for more industrial development. 
I have no idea if that's a good idea. It probably isn't. Um, <laughs> but you can't argue with the fact that we need more industrial space to keep up, especially port-related space. Um, just general land shortage. How, how do we sort of get more creative? How do we change buildings, um, industrial buildings, to be maybe more higher density or more efficient? Um, yeah, a lot of the, the challenges that you guys see on the, the, the residential side are the same challenges we see on the the commercial side one of the your name actually came up we were speaking with matt carlson from colliers not long ago about strata properties uh office properties and he mentioned your name uh that to me seems like something that's that's interesting that's going on right now are what are what are Mm -hmm. some of the most exciting moves to respond or or potentially to capitalize on on these dramatic changes underway in the commercial uh, space here in Vancouver. Yeah. You know, strata, I feel like there was two months where I was writing about strata office sort of every week. Uh, I don't know if people want to read about that stuff, but people like to talk about it. That sort of <laughs> are part of the commercial industry. It came up at the, the Vancouver real estate forum. Just, just, uh, it was last week, you know, what, what's going on with strata, the Bosa tower downtown uh, waterfront is, is probably the largest scale office strata projects. So these are office condos uh, and they were getting, you know, what's rumored to be just astronomical rates. Uh, and the questions people have is, okay, how is that going to work long-term? Is there enough appreciation for these, these owner users to, to, to make money that way? Um, and people sort of say, well, we don't know. Maybe it works better in the Mount Pleasant scenario where you've got smaller units and smaller buildings and, and owner occupiers that, that can generate enough capital to, to get into the market, you know? But in terms of like the most exciting moves, I, I don't know, guys. I really have no idea. I mean, if somehow get two hundred million dollars, so you can buy an old gas station downtown Vancouver and <laughs> turn it into a condo. But of course, there's no more empty gas stations those to be had down are, there. Those, those are gone down. now. <laughs> so I don't know. I mean, if I knew about that, I'd, I'd probably be a commercial real estate investor, not a reporter. I think that would be a lot more uh, lucrative. But yeah. I, I, find hundreds of millions of dollars and uh okay. and develop well hey maybe we'll leave it there but uh evan can can you stick around we got a segment called the five wire can you stick yeah, around you for that it. excellent sure. so what is your favorite area in vancouver mm, favorite area i gotta say um you know main street but also craft breweries right so the the commercial drive hastings no there's about 12 maybe more than that craft breweries down there you said you can hit five well you could probably do more than five so that's probably one of my areas down there <laughs> do, you, do you have a favorite uh yeah favorite Powell street's one of my favorites i thought when i go to the the beer store i'm usually buying buying their stuff the old jalopy i think is one of their pale ales that's a pretty good one so i like to go down to uh Powell street for sure excellent all right favorite bar or restaurant or a craft brewery. Uh... Yeah, put those two together. Uh, Alibi Room. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, love that place yeah, for sure. Might have bumped into you there. Maybe. Uh, um, downtown Penthouse or Westside Mansion. What would I rather? Exactly. Oh, Westside Mansion. Maybe. Be nice to have a yard. Yeah. Uh, first place you bring someone from out of town. Hmm. Probably the Alibi Room or the breweries. <laughs> Um, what is the best thing you've purchased in the past year for under $500? So this could be a yeah, gadget, book, album, yeah. device. Huh. Probably a new pair of running shoes. That's always uh, 
I've definitely bought a pair in the last year, and it was definitely under 500 bucks. Yeah, running shoes are always useful. Hey, your knees, save your knees. Yeah. <laughs> sound, sound advice, Matt. Uh, all right. Well, hey, Evan, how can people find out more about what you do and, and uh, read some of your writing? Yeah, just keep checking out the, the Vancouver Sun commercial real estate section. Usually runs every Wednesday. I think it's every other Wednesday now. Uh, and they can also get me at my own website, which is sort of like an online portfolio, which is just my name. So evanduggan.com. Excellent. Well, hey, thanks again for taking the time. We really appreciate it. Hey, it was fun, guys. Thanks for for having me on. Yeah, thanks, Evan. So there you have it, folks, our discussion with Vancouver journalist Evan Duggan. Yeah, it was certainly a very interesting interview, guys. And uh, I even think I picked up a few tips along the way listening there. So I hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, that was great. You know, one of the reasons we want to have Evan on, and I think I mentioned it in the interview, but I have a friend who works in the hotel business, and I told you this uh, before we went live, Dave, but what really struck me is I talked to him over the last four years as the real estate market really exploded here, and he was essentially talking about the same situation in the hotel industry, that Vancouver really was on the map globally now, and uh, the prices had skyrocketed, and it just struck me as as an interesting kind of correlation between the two markets so glad we could have evan on for sure anyway what else we got dave we got the vancouver real estate podcast.com website which you're a huge fan of even though you don't listen to the podcast i think you you spent a lot of time over there on the site we have our research tools we got private client services dave tell us about private client services yeah pcs i mean guys if you're not using pcs you're standing still while the rest of us uh, are power walking by and um you know, this research tool is uh, going to give you listings 36 hours before the public get any information. You're going to see the sales prices in real time, which no one else are going to get their hands on. So, yeah, if you guys are interested. Uh, it's a fantastic research tool over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And we also have the mobile app. This is a if you're on the go, on the SkyTrain, doctor's office, you want to look at real estate, you're walking by a building, augmented reality, you just click and point it tells you all the listings sold prices you basically get all the information on pcs except it's on your phone which is fantastic and we got what else live wire updates everything over at your one-stop shop vancouverrealestatepodcast.com and uh last dave i think after that pitch people are going to want to get in touch with you about canby gardens and uh and gilmore place how can people reach you, Dave? Yeah, guys, if you're interested and you want to learn more, just give me a call at 604-500-1136 or uh, hit me up at david at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And you can try me at 778-847-2854 or matt at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. And we also have that nonpartisan line, info at vancouverrealestatepodcast.com. <laughs> Thanks so much for filling in, Dave. That was fantastic. Was I don't know, pleasure. Adam might be out of a job. It was a pleasure, guys. <laughs> <laughs> All right, take care. Have a good week. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today. Hey everyone. 
Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. We want to take a minute to tell you about Holy House, a nonprofit organization that provides community building programs and tenant support services to low-income seniors, veterans, families, and vulnerable residents in the downtown east side and across the lower mainland. Melissa from our team has been volunteering at Holy House. Melissa, what's been your experience? Honestly, it's been so fulfilling just to spend a few hours a week in the community and watch how the staff really transforms these vulnerable communities from the inside out, starting with just small things, right? Playing games, drinking coffee, having some simple conversations that you wouldn't necessarily think are super fulfilling. And you come out just feeling like you've really made an impact and connected with the community. And you've been to multiple buildings, but you're playing games, drinking coffee. Yeah. You know, serving food sometimes. And you made some friends along the way. I've made some friends along the way. It's really helped me be more present, actually, in those moments of just, you know, realizing how simple life can be to make an impact, right? Fantastic. And if you want to learn more, you can definitely check out Jenny Conkin, co-founder of Holy House, who is a past guest fan favorite on the show, or head over to holyhouse.ca where you can donate or volunteer. And they're looking for both donations and they definitely like volunteers. That's holyhouse.ca. Vancouver needs your help. Be part of the solution. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. 